Here's my idea for a fucking sport. I knock a ball in a gopher hole. Oh, you mean like pool? Fuck off, pool! Not with a straight stick, with a little fucked up stick. I whack the ball that goes in a gopher hole. Oh, you mean like croquet? Fuck croquet! I put the whole hundreds of yards away! Oh, fuck out of here! It's great fun there! Oh, yeah, that's a great thing! Oh, like a bowling thing? Fuck no! Not straight, I put shit in the way! Like trees and bushes and high glass! So you can lose your fucking ball and go whacking away with a fucking tire iron! Whacking away and each time you miss you feel like you're gonna have a stroke! Fuck! That's what we'll call it! A stroke, cause every time you miss you feel like you're gonna fucking die! Oh, great! Oh, and here's a bit of fun. Oh, fuck, this is brilliant! Right near the end I'll put a flat piece with a little flag to give you fucking hope. But then I'll put a pool and a sandbox to fuck with your ball again! Ah, you'll be there trashing your ass, jerking away in the sand! Oh, you do this one time? Fuck no! Eighteen fucking times! The Cutline is going to break down the Open Championship like no other podcast out there. Royal Portrush, here we come. The Open Championship is here. Enough of this crap golf. These scoring courses that we've watched for the last few weeks are over. We are finally at the home of golf. No gimmicks, no jokes, and most definitely no clowning around at Royal Port Rush. This is the Open Championship, and Ireland is going to eat some of the field alive this weekend. PGA DFS is anxious, and the cut line is ready to break it down. But first... Hello Canada, hello Australia, hello USA, and a special hello to the UK. And the fun that many of them are going to have at a sold-out Open Championship. From our giveaways, to our listener questions, to the hilarious roasting that happens on this show, none of it, none of it is possible without you, the listener, spending your precious time with us. Zach and I are thankful for your time as we continue to put out the wittiest, most analytical, hilarious, entertaining, and informative podcast out there. So if this is your first time listening to the Cutline, welcome. And if you're a returning loser... Douchebag says what? What? Uh, what? Exactly. A big welcome back. So... I'm Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, and the Open Championship would be my favorite major if it was just on television at a reasonable time, and if only one could easily travel across the pond, that's the personal goal someday, but nevertheless, the show must go on, and I'm excited to break it down for you. No, 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 no. 
But this show's glue, this show's anchor, is my co-host, the 6K maestro, the high-flying, 300-yard driving, pin-seeking son of a gun, number 18 in your programs, number one in our hearts, Zero Iron Zach, Mulligan Manafort, at EaglesFan83 on Twitter, Zach Manafort. Zach, the Open is upon us. How are you feeling tonight, bro? Yo, the Open is here. We're no longer going to see minus 19 winning the damn thing. I am excited to see some real golf, some challenging golf, and hopefully, you know, something that keeps us on the edge of our seat and doesn't show just randos making it to the top of the list again this week. So I'm ready for it. Uh, I'm back home finally after traveling all last week. I actually got on the course a uh, week ago and I shot under 100. So there you go. Uh, actually, my personal best. So that was interesting. 99. Uh, so Congratulations. 98. 98. <laughs> and I do have to say, I was in Florida playing uh, and I did not bring any bug spray. And it was just after it had rained for like three days. So I have about 7,000 mosquito bites on my legs and had to quit nine holes through to go buy some at the pro shop. So it was the fastest front nine I've ever played in my life. So maybe that has something to do with my better score. But nonetheless, I'm back home, and I'm finally back on my element. I am ready to play. I'm excited. I'm a little disappointed that I can't really watch it as much. But, you know, I'll try to get. I'll try to see it where I can. Uh, time difference stinks, but... Have you taken a how look? How you doing? I'm doing great. I, I'm so excited, finally, for real golf to be on television, a real tournament to analyze. You know, none of this crap... You know, dude, Tringale could have won. My, my boy. My boy could have won. I thought he won. I saw him climbing uh, the leaderboard. I mean, it, it was so close. And, 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 and looking at this week, though, it's like what DraftKings has put out there. Not, not, the, not the fact that, you know, you got your $4.20 max or the milli or whatever. It's just the amount of entries available. Yeah, I mean, it's that, crazy. That four dollars like good prize pools, good everything. Dude, that $4.20 max, 178,000 people insane i mean it could max out obviously we're gonna hopefully have some overlay right now we're at 85 percent, but we'll yeah, see it's that, not happening that, anyway, that yeah it's not gonna stick anyways DraftKings wise how'd you do last week uh not too hot i had a lot of the winner again same problem i always have i had a ton of five of sixes a couple of six of sixes none spectacular um yeah i could have done better just didn't make enough lamps to make it worthwhile how about you? I lost fifteen dollars. We could move on. Yeah, that's about where I'm at. I <laughs> lost like twenty or twenty-five bucks total. And I was like, okay, I'm ready for the open. Let's play. I, I played three hundred. I lost fifteen dollars. It's it's it was just it's just it's like a moot point right now. It's like oh my god. Yep. You know, so I, I'm actually I love the fact that DK put up this eight dollar five entry max. I love that thing, by the way, dude. Yes, dude. That's been a favorite of mine for a long time. I'm 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 all in on it right now. So it'll be yep. me and you head to head, first and second, and third and fourth and fifth can be mine, and you can take six through ten. I'm cool with that. I'm alright with that. I can live with that. All right. So hey, that's good. It's good promotion for the show, I guess. Sure. All right. So we're gonna move to this week's dumbass, and this week's winner goes to Mick Webb. Mick is our winner. He's the first winner from Australia and the proud new owner of Bulvik Golf Balls. And he chose the color blue. Apparently this is due to his struggles currently occurring in his love life. There's some rough mornings for the men down under. So it seems like he's just lipping out, apparently. Uh, you could call it that. Yes. 
he also won a brand new golf top and a brand new plunger for when his lineups are really shitty. So, Mick Webb, nice work, buddy. Now, don't forget that last week's winner, Evan Crick, he is challenging you, Zach, challenging you for two boxes of Volvic Golf Balls because he wanted vivid, vivid, vivid white. No, no, do not allow it. Not gonna allow this to happen, and I'm. We we talked last week. We got the head-to-head -head all set up. We're ready to roll. Uh, I've already built a little dummy lineup that I think is actually pretty good. Uh, so I might just let it ride. Are you are you not intimidated by the fact that he gets to listen to this episode and know who you're playing? Not at all, because I made it before the episode recorded. I don't think I'm gonna go back and change it. And I've done a little bit of changes to my player pool over the last 24 hours so we'll see i'll probably end up tweaking it a little bit but i made it and i think i'm pretty comfortable with who i got excellent i i, I hope you win just so you don't have to shell out an extra box of golf balls yeah that would be that would be good you do get to pick the color i can't i can't buy two vivid white golf balls i can't do it two packs no thanks you have a personal problem all right to remember remember not to remember Remember, to get involved in our golf giveaway, all you need to do is retweet the Cutlines tweet about our episode covering the Open Championship. We're going to do a new prize this week for the Open. The winner will get a box of Bridgestone E5 golf balls, a golf ball marker by Tin Cup, and a brand new bag of golf tees. And of course, we will obviously send you our plunger. Now... You motherfuckers that are just liking our tweet, just do it right. Well, what the hell is supposed to do, you moron? Retweet the tweet, boys. Retweet it, and I guarantee Not you. the heart. I guarantee you, you'll probably win the giveaway. It's the little arrows that go on a square. The nice thing, if if you win, you get to challenge me or Zach, maybe for a, a, an extra box of balls. We'll we'll see if we're up for it, but. Maybe we can set up a three-man, a little three-ball action. a little three-man. Three-man be fun. Beat us both and get something even better. Oh. I don't know what it can be yet, but you'll get something. Dude, you're just you're just adding to the giveaway. I'm trying. All right. No. Cost us more money. That's all this show does. <laughs> I love it. Now the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Open Championship at Royal Port Rush. We will do the best we can can scores well let's have a look at the replay william move your head look at the size of that boy's head i'm not kidding it's like an orange on a toothpick Shh, you're gonna give the boy a complex well that's a huge noggin it's a virtual planetoid has its own weather system heed move to give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. You ever seen that movie, To Marry an Axe Murder? Oh, man, a long time ago. I love it. I think it's hilarious. It's one of my favorites. Anyways, we'll, bring you, we'll be sure to bring you timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lineup in the green, but so is your bankroll. Cut line is here to give you the best plays to build your best lineups week in and week out hold on to your butts the goal for you is to be on the be one of the winners in this game called daily fantasy sports 
and the cut line is going to take you there. And as always, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. Fantasy National is helping draftees create unique lineups based on key stats and analysis. You trying to figure out why you're struggling week in and week out? More than likely, it's because you're not considering Fantasy National. You're ending up on the wrong end of the flagstick, so I ask you, how are your lineups doing? Pretty shitty for some of you from what I hear. The Open Championship is right around the corner, and this star-studded field has seen plenty of winners, including Tiger Woods, Molinari, Stenson, Spieth, Sink, Louie. The question is, who is next? But before we go into the course breakdown, I want to touch on some key aspects of the Open Championship. The number I want you to remember is 22. The number is key because that's exactly how many times someone not from Europe not from the U.S., has actually won the Open Championship. Now, this is a tournament that has been played 147 times. Now, these winners come from Africa, totaling 11 times. Most of those from South Africa, and in fact, 10 of them. Nine of them from Australia, one from New Zealand, and one from South America. So, do you want to play players from Asia? You may not. Um, you might want to throw all your eggs into the basket of Europe. The point is you want to be cautious in who you're rostering that isn't from the U.S. or from Europe. So five of the last six championship golfers, they all prepared the Open by playing the Scottish Open, which is no longer a secret in DFS, so don't think you're gaining an edge on anyone really. Golfers preparing for the Open at a Lynx course have improved on their season-long scoring average by around a full shot over four rounds. Golfers whose overall open preparation was either playing in a PGA Tour event or traveling over from North America to practice at an open venue play nearly a full shot worse over four rounds than their season-long scoring average. So, a few more stats, a few more analysis that I wanted to provide for you guys. Now, looking at all majors, all majors from 2016, Okay, in 13 events, your best finish in terms of average is Brooks Kepka, ninth place. Second, in averaging in 24th place is Xander Shoffley. Third, averaging 25th is Jordan Spieth. And then, where am I at? Oh, that was, yeah. Fourth, Jason Day at 27th. And fifth, Ricky Fowler at 31st. Okay, rounding out the top 10, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Molinari, Matsuyama, Dustin Johnson, Webb Simpson, Adam Scott, all in the top 30. The point is this. When looking at majors, there are guys that always seem to show up. Now, when we look at the guys who are cheaper in the 6,000 range, the first player who pops up in terms of all the majors that he's played in, who do you think it is? He is a guy I do not roster. I'll tell you that much, Zach. Sergio. Close. Charlie... <laughs> Hoffman. Oh God, I, you know, he's not even. I don't. I think I exclude. I don't even think like he shows up for me. He does, but so if I could opt out of him, I would. So since 2016, he's averaged forty-first <clears throat> place with some missed cuts in between there. Okay, next six thousand six K range. Another favorite of yours, Ryan Moore, average fifty-second. <sighs> so now, guys who have just the open played at the open okay now this does not include missed cuts 
This clue, this this stat only takes into account when they make the cut. Ian Poulter has made the cut three of seven times since 2011. He's averaged ninth place. Xander twice has averaged 11th. Okay, Phil Mickelson six of eight times has averaged 12th. Sergio Garcia, my favorite, ugh, six of eight times, average 13th. Zach Johnson eight of eight made cuts. 15th right behind him adam scott 16th all right the list goes on and on with those big boys but when we look at some interesting numbers um we're gonna go straight down to darren clark who in four of eight attempts averaged 20th place he's only 6200 boys 6200 okay and that's plenty of data to back up that maybe maybe he could be a viable option this week if you got to play that 6k range so I kind of want to bring up these numbers. If you have any questions about it, you know, shoot the cut line tweet. Shoot me a tweet at Lunas on Twitter. It's kind of up to you guys. But this is experience, boys. Preparation, focus, and golf that you just don't see on the PGA Tour. Zach, what are our golfers going to face at the Open Championship? Oh, man, you had some good stuff there. And, and a lot of some of it was stuff I was tracking, some of it I wasn't. Uh, I think... You covered a couple of things I wanted to mention before I broke into kind of the, the course itself. I think another interesting stat when you talk about experience is there has been no player that has won the U, that the Open since 1970 if they haven't played since the last major. And weirdly enough, there are some big names on the list this week that haven't played since the last major. Four of those, Xander, Scott, Rose, and Webb Simpson. So, you know, okay, take it for what it's worth. Guys are still great players, but... Coming into the to the open in good form has proven to be extremely important. So if you're splitting hairs and you got a couple of those guys, and there's a few others too that just haven't played. And I don't know if it's because of the, the retooling of the PGA schedule or they're injured or they're just load management for what they want to play. I don't know. But that doesn't look good statistically in the last 44 years. No one has won if they've taken four or five weeks off. So take that into consideration too. So anyway... Back to what's more important. The actual course. Royal Portrush. Par 71 course, playing at about 7,337 yards. Now, last year's cut at the, not this course, but at the Open itself, was three over. So we should see a difficult course this week. Although, um, from what I've read and seen and heard, is this course is playing typically easier than most other Open courses. So we might see that number a little bit higher. It really all depends on the wind, and, and we'll talk touch on that as we get a little bit further. So... Worldport Rush has not hosted the Open Championship since 1951, uh, but you may have seen it over the last couple of years if you're a Game of Thrones fan, because this is the location where they filmed Castle Greyjoy. So there's a non-golf related fact for you. You're such a it nerd. It did host. The, you're such I, a nerd. I, <laughs> Dude, you, whatever. You bring up Game of Thrones and, and a golf I had podcast. To. I had to. I had to find something that was unique. Dude, but we just lost like either. half our listeners. Or we gained a half. You don't ever know. Fuck. Either way. Hey, Castle Greyjoy, man. Place was fuck looked cold. Which is gonna be cold. Is that, anyway. Is that the so, place <laughs> is that the place in like the islands with the water? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know it. <laughs> hey, I watched it. <laughs> exactly. So there you go. Now you know. And now you should feel smarter. Either way. I feel dumb. So it by, actually by has it, it has hosted an what? I said I feel dumber knowing that. Okay, go. Good. Good. Um, 
well, I don't even know what I was saying. Oh, so in 2012, it uh, this course did host the Irish Open. So there is a little bit of course history here. Jamie Donaldson won, and he was 18 under. He won by four strokes, which is interesting. So Okoye, the course is like a little bit harder now. They've probably made some improvements because it's the Open, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there is some history there. Uh, and we did even see our, our boy Rafa play there and did pretty well. So know, we'll talk about him later. So either way, the course currently is, you know, typical open course, rugged, undulated, treeless, coastal links type play. Uh, penal rough composed of grass, briar. Uh, the course report from today says, you know, healthy rough off the tee. Several spots there's tall fescue grass combined with ferns and wildflowers that are going to keep all the marshals running around with their little sticks and flags trying to find balls uh, pretty much all day, every day, Thursday through Sunday. So that should be interesting. So off the tee is going to be hugely important here. Uh, the primary defense of the, of the course itself is the wind. So there's fewer bunkers than any open course, although there is deep pot bunkers here, so that's still an issue. Um, the fairways are medium width. The, the greens are extremely small, so being dialed in is going to be important. Uh, and, you know, overall, if the wind's not blowing, we might see some better scores here. But if the wind is blowing, you may want to take into consideration guys that play well in the wind to avoid hitting that thick rough that is just going to eat players' scorecards alive. Um, so that's what we're looking at. But... When we talk about weather, Northern Ireland, right on the water. So it's, what are we doing? I don't even know what day it is. Sunday night? Yeah, it's not going to be even close to what this is come Thursday morning in Ireland. So t make sure you come back, you know, check it out. Look at Windfinder. Go on the, the forecast. As it stands right now, there is a clear advantage to tea times. Right now, Thursday afternoon looks to be extremely windy uh, with gusts between 21 and 26 miles an hour and then it's steady around 13 to 16 miles an hour. And then on Friday, the afternoon looks pretty low as far as the wind goes, uh, with gusts only up to like 12 to 15 miles an hour and steady winds between six and 10. So if, if the, we were to tee off tomorrow morning, it's the Thursday, Thursday morning, Friday afternoon, tee times have a huge wind advantage, but I don't expect that to stay the same. I mean, right on the water, this thing could change at any time. Uh, checking four days out is not going to be accurate when building lineups. So make sure you check back Wednesday night, preferably as late as possible, uh, before you set your lineups and lock them in. So key stats I'm looking at for this week, based off of what we know and kind of how the Open's played in the past, and this course maybe being a little easier. I'm looking at GIR's gain, small greens. Guys are going to have to be dialed in. Uh, birdie or better gain, you're going to need them if you're gonna, if on the open. You're going to need to score when you can. So having that ability over others in the field is huge for me. Uh, stroke gain, tee to green. And then I really think it's going to be an approach ball striking course, as most opens are. So strokes gain, short game, strokes gain, ball striking. And then I'm putting a heavy emphasis on good drives this week. I want guys that can hit it long off the tee, but are also extremely accurate to keep it in the fairway. Uh, I'm not going to trust guys that have been wild off the tee in the past, or especially recently. Uh, I'm not playing the game with guys hacking it through the fescue trying to get their ball out. So that's what I'm looking at this week. Um, for the most part, I think historically that's been the trend. So anything else crazy that you're looking at that may be jumping off at you? Yeah, one thing I'm going to value a little bit more than you is that tee to green game. I, I think it's essential at the Open to be successful, not just off the tee, but around the green scrambling because you're going to have to do that at some point during this course. Um, the wind mm -hmm. is going to get you. Even you know with the shot shaping and everything that happens, I think the rain's going to be beneficial. It's been raining, so you're going to play with some softer greens, so that will help with scoring a little bit. But like you said, ball striking approach. 
but bogey avoidance and double bogey avoidance. I don't I don't think I ever use double bogey avoidance except for the open, because <clears throat> a four isn't unheard of. Like four over on a hole is not unheard of at the open. Yeah, and and yeah, we're, we're talking about for like elite golfers. Like it it, it like Dustin Johns could be at minus two, and then all of a sudden at you know plus three, you know whatever the case may be, and it could just like that. So also looking at good drives gained. Sand save, uh, sand save for percentage, greens and regulation percentage. The other things we're going to look at. I don't normally do this um, highly as in depth as I am now, but that's first round scoring. Okay, hmm. first round scoring. We're looking at guys like Matt Kuchar, Justin Thomas, Ches Revy, who's not in the field, but like we're looking at a top ten that has some players like D- uh, Dustin Johnson and Rom are tied for seventh. Phil's actually tenth in first round scoring. We we don't even look at second round. Ricky Fowler's 11th. And I'm really going to take a deeper dive in this first round scoring because I want people who are going to go into that second day with confidence because as of right now, the win's not as bad on that second day. Now, the the other stat I'm going to take into consideration, and it's really only for a few golfers, and this is an old school stat. Apex height. Oh, yes. I like it. And... The reason is wind and golf balls don't mix well. So if you're Phil Mickelson and your apex height is 140 feet and 2 inches, the highest in the field, and it's windy, good luck, brother. You are going to have a (laughs) long fucking day. All these touts hyping up Bryson DeChambeau. Hey. Dude, 135.10. Ain't worried about it. All right, he's gonna have to hit it low. The point is, if the if it's windy, take a look at these apex heights. Look at how players are 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 able to hit, even hit it low. Like you can see the lowest apex heights too. So, um, it's a good stat. I it's a, it's a, it's definitely an old school stat. It used to be highly touted and utilized all the time, but um, it's something I want to use this weekend. So, um. Last thing I think I'm going to look at is just putting in general. Three point of three putt avoidance, greens and regulation. I think is key though for every winner. You get green and regulation percentage. The the winner is insanely good at getting that ball on the green. Remember these open championships have massive size greens, so you're going to see inflated GIR rate, and that's where this putting comes into play. So you're looking at better putters like Jason Day and, and stuff like that. But anything else you want to add to the course preview? No, I think you nailed it. Uh, I love the apex that apex height. That's that's money. I haven't heard that in a while. I, I think you're right though on uh, courses where wind is going to be a huge thing. I like, guess extremely important. Yeah, I do what I can. I, I provide for 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 our listeners the best I can. So get some launch angle stats going on here. We'll be good to go. Oh, here we go. This is not baseball. <laughs> All right, that'll take us to our uh, birdie or better segment where Zach and I will break down each tier of this week's DraftKings player pool. We're going to look to give you our favorite plays as well as the golfers we intend to fade or be underweight on. And, of course, we are going to start in this upper range with our 11-6 all the way down to 10-2, which includes Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Johnny Rahm, and Tiger Woods. I'm going to start right now. I have no interest in Tiger Woods. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Off the tee game, no thanks. It's going to be 50, 60 degrees. He's got back issues, had like a thousand surgeries. Yeah, no, no thanks. Did you hear when they interviewed him 
about like his daily routine. No, I didn't. He's like he gets up at like three a.m. and stretches for like four hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I get it. I mean, dudes have like fused spine and all sorts of crazy shit. No thanks, man. I I love the competitive nature of Tiger Woods. Yeah. Like he was is the best golfer I've ever seen play. Probably the best for of all sure. time. For sure. But. You won the Masters. You took it because, like, course conditions were set up perfectly for you. Yep. Like, you should have just bowed out that day. Yep. And it, what makes it even better, it was, like, the same day I heard that interview, Kepka comes on. He's like, they're like, what do you do in your day, your golf day? He goes, I wake up. I got a bowl. Of, I get a bowl of Lucky Charms, and I say, shut the fuck up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a ah, different yeah, world. yeah. All right, so it is. I, I I I'm not gonna have any Tiger Woods, and and if he comes out and win and wins, that that'll be enjoying enough enjoyable enough for me. And sure. So even though I don't roster him, but uh, who who do you like in this top tier? Well, I think we need we need to just talk about it. We need to talk about Rory right out right up front. Well, the big narrative I mean, is this... the, the big narrative is that he's gonna choke in Ireland. There's too much pressure. What do you think? Well, this is also his. This is like his home course. He set the course record here as an amateur, shooting a sixty-one, like way back in the day. Yeah, way back when he was really and good. So he's got so much pressure to do well here. I mean, he for me, he grades out number one as like the clear-cut favorite. However, I just I don't know that. I mean, look at Spieth in his hometown at the Byron Nelson. Like, he grew up playing there. He's played well there. He shot amazing there. But he never finishes well because of all the pressure. Is that like the same thing here on like a ten times bigger stage? He's very prepared. He played the Irish. Absolutely. He played the Irish. He played the Scottish to prepare. Or he skipped the Irish. I'm sorry. But he played the Scottish to prepare this week for the Open Championship. So he's yep. very prepared. In my fantasy national model, overall he ranks eighth. But key stats that I like: second in tee to green in the last hundred rounds on bent greens and difficult uh, scoring relative to par. Second in ball striking, fifth in bogey avoidance, eighth in GIR. I mean, the guy is an elite golfer. To say, I he, mean, look at to, his past. To say he can't win would be ridiculous. No, no. I mean, look at his past Open Championships: 2018 second, 2017 fourth, 2016 fifth, 2014 first, 2010 third. I mean, the dude can he wins consistently. He's won. Here. He's won the Open. Right. Exactly. In 2014. So back to our but question, what are you? I just don't know that do? at eleven six. Initially, I was like, "Oh yeah, Rory, lock him in." I mean, the pricing soft. There's plenty of guys in the six k range that are that are competitive. But I don't know. I think if you fade him here, I think you get a leg up on the field. You can build a little bit better lineups, and you hope he just can't handle the pressure that's going to come with being a hometown hero. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going Oppie. I don't. I'm going Oppie. What? Um. Gen says, going oppie what Tour Junkie says, gonna go oppie what Gup says. And I didn't hear, I haven't heard what they said yet. I, I, well, I won't listen to them until I'm all set and squared away. But, um, if, if they're gonna tout Rory and tout, 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 tout that ownership's inflated, I'll take the leverage and I'll go straight to Brooks. I have him at 18% ownership right now. I got him at nineteen three right now. Mm. It's, that's, too, it's, see, that's too, it's, too, it's too early though. 
It's it's we it's it, it is. It's Sunday. It's too early. Like I'm not even really looking at ownership right now. But I mean Vegas, eight to one odds on, on Bovada. And the guy's a scoring machine. Like how how do you not want to play he's number three in the world. It's Rory fuck right. it's Rory McElroy. I, but uh, what did, what was the last thing he what did he play on the Euro Tour the Irish Open Scottish 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 Open yeah hmm. <sighs> I don't know I think this is I think this is like the biggest question of your DFS lineups is do you play or do you fade I think you I think you either have to go overweight a lot or you have to completely fade him I don't think matching the field here is a good idea he has to win right exactly. Like he has to win. If you roster him and he doesn't win, it, it, it you're at a loss. At least a top three, at yeah. least. Right. To find value. So, all right. Well, let's keep going on. Let, let's right. let's go to the other elephant in the room in Brooks Kepka. The guy's a machine. Yep. A major machine. What are you doing? Yep. I. <laughs> oh man, Brooks and majors have been haunting me this year. So I faded him the first two and. Did not work out for me. And I played him at the U.S. Open, and it worked out because he's a major machine. I just don't know, man. After the U.S. Open, he just doesn't look like the same Brooks he did at the beginning of the year. Now, remember... He looked awful. This is He looked awful at the Travelers. And he looked awful at the 3M. This is the same Brooks Kepka though, where I belittled that narrative that he doesn't show up for, for tournaments that are not majors. And I, I, I'm beginning to buy in on that narrative. <laughs> simply because... I don't know. Simply, it's just... It's it's ridiculous how bad he plays at these crappy events. Now, the other thing is, he's coming straight from the States over. Yeah, I don't like that either. I don't like that he's got no links play here. But... Right. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm going to have any Brooks. I guess yeah. I, I skipped the first two. I was on the second, the third one, and I think I'm just going to stay off of him. I don't like his his links track record. Granted, he has performed well at the Open before, and this is a little bit easier of a course, so maybe that lends to not fading him as much. But at 11-4, I don't know. I don't know. I think I am going to fade him. Honestly, I think it's a solid fade. I, but I feel bad not having any piece of Kepka. You know, in in that, yep. in that five max, I think I will fade. Um, by the way, did you see that fancy golf pod that that Cutline retweeted that we, that we retweeted? It was like yes. Kepka was the only reason I play the week before is to prep. If I'm home, I'm not practicing. The only time I play golf is on tour. I'm not practicing at home. I don't practice at all. Playing the week lets before lets me practice so I can build up a rhythm. Oh God! And then did you see Phil's? freaking tweet where he's talking about how bad he's been and how he went on a coffee diet to lose 15 pounds oh my lord i can't it's been interesting i'm off him it's been interesting all right so i see validity in playing malcroy i see validity in playing kepka there are major concerns for both but then doesn't that automatically make dj and justin rom or john rom justin rom Dustin Johnson and John Robb super popular. Um, maybe. I think DJ. Yeah, I don't. I don't think a lot of people are going to play John Robb. Honestly, people are going to buy into that narrative that he's awesome on links courses, but just sucks at the open. I'm going to give you. A, Who are we talking I'm about? Rom. 
Yeah, I think so. Dude, he's an elite Lynx player. Yeah, I agree. He fits that mold being from Spain. Like, could win. I totally agree. Could win this tournament, no doubt. 14 to 1 odds on Vegas. Eighth golfer in the world. Only 10 sick. Uh, and a win at the Irish Open? And a win at the Irish Open. Let's not forget oh, that. Oh, and a second at the Masters in late June? And a third at the U.S. Open? Like, uh, I don't think he can come in better form. I don't think it's possible. Oh, absolutely not. And we both agree that, that recent form is essential to success yeah, here. it's been proven. I love, I love, Rahm is my favorite play in the 10Ks. Yeah, he is. Like, I mean, like, without a doubt. His recent form is is elite. You know, when you look at the last, just, you just look at his last 12 rounds, okay? His last 12 rounds um, on PGA Tour, you know, we don't even have the data from him on the European Tour on, on, on Fantasy National, have been pretty, pretty startlingly, startlingly good. So he is someone that I have a lot of interest in. Now, if people take that bait and want to roster Rory, that's fine. I'm going to go to Rom because he's got 28th overall in tee to green, 23rd in double bogey, double bogey avoidance. He, he's someone that I want to play. On my private model, looking overall, Rom is kind of hidden in the middle of the pack at, at the top 20 at 16th place overall in my ranking system. But that I'm still going to play a lot of John and Rom, especially if I can get him at sub 15%. I, I just think he's a great option here. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I completely agree. I, I love Ron. DJ, what do you think? Nope, I'm off him too. I just don't think he looks like the DJ of we know he is. Like, he just hasn't looked good. He's 35. Did you know that? He's yeah. 35. Does, does this a golf well, experience have any idea of how well he could play? His experience in general. I mean, experience plays a huge part in the Open. I mean, in general, the winners of this are usually like are usually thirty five years or older, for the most part. So if you play in that narrative, then sure. But I just don't think he looks good. I mean, the last time he really played well was like oh, like two and a half months ago. I still think you need pieces uh, of of Dustin Johnson. I don't think so. I just I don't I don't do it be underweight I, I don't think I'm playing any I don't think I'm playing anyone in the 10k's except for John Rahm honestly oh I love it when you say stuff like that that means I'm gonna win <laughs> all right <laughs> let's go down to the 9k range where you're looking from Justin Rose at 9.9 at the top all the way down to Patrick Cantley at 9,000 now again the 9k uh, range is a little bit smaller but still some interesting plays in here who's your favorite my favorite play is a guy you trashed earlier in the pod is Bryson. I I love him at ninety two hundred. Dude, he's um, he, personally he's garbage. No, he's coming into the event in incredible form. He's a second and an eight and an eighth in the last two events he's played. He's crushing it with a short game, dialing with his irons. He's eighth in GIRS gain, fifth in short game, or ball striking. I'm sorry, fourteenth in birdies are better. Uh, I don't think. I haven't listened or read the articles for the touts yet, which is upsetting because I didn't think he was going to be touted that much because if everyone would have thought the other other way. But uh, I thought he was going to be um, – for me, he was a great place to start building lineups at 9,200 because I could build almost anything. And I don't like guys like Xander. I don't like Rose because I don't like that they haven't played since the last major. And statistically, in the past, no one has won – having taken that much time off. But aren't DeChambeau's so, recent stats 
somewhat misleading, being the courses Why? that he's played on. Do you think? Absolutely. You're going from these joke of a courses in, in fucking Minnesota and Illinois. Dude, I'm in Illinois. Yeah, but... I golf in Yeah, Illinois. but even at the Open... I, I make the rule about Illinois golf, like every putt is fucking straight. But, even at the U.S. Open, he was still gaining four and a half strokes on approach. It doesn't matter, dude. His history at the Open Championship is limited. 51st last year, 17th he missed the cut. So we only have two two options there. But now I agree, his recent form does look good. I think it's misleading. I absolutely do. I mean, I mean, you're playing some easy courses. And even in the last 12 rounds, though, it's not super impressive. He's only 22nd in the field. Okay? He's 11th in double avoidance, which I love. But 60th in greens and regulation. 47th in good drives gained. 48th in fairways gained. This is all kind of middle of the field. 12th and 3-putt avoidance, but he's not putting on difficult courses. Key stat for me here, and I know there's not a lot of bunkers out here in Ireland, but 104th in sand save percentage. Now, granted, it's a little skewed stat as well, being that he may not have had a lot of opportunity coming out of the bunker, but still. His T-degree game is great. I just don't like the fact that he's coming from the States, playing these terrible courses, which I believe, in my opinion, are just way too misleading statistically that's fine i get that i totally get it but he's get, he's playing which is more than some of these other guys i t- i'll take a guy who has confidence from yeah maybe they're easier courses but he's his iron game is still his iron game he's hitting from a x distance to y location and he's dialed in as opposed to xander rose uh i think that's all in this in this range that haven't picked up a golf club in an event in five and a half weeks. Well, I'm going to tell you right now who you need to play. Who? Ricky Fowler. Uh, yeah, I'll agree with that. He's all on my list. I totally agree. Ricky Fowler is is absolutely on my list. I love the fact that he missed the cut last weekend. Yep. Love yep, it. Yep, exactly. Love it. I hope people are just going to be like, okay, have no interest in playing Ricky you know, missed the cut, his game is off. No, he went there to practice, work on his game, work on the things that he needed to do. He did not give a shit whether or not he made the cut or not. Okay? Now, you look at his history here at the Open, it's 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 highly successful. The guy's on the lower tier than 9,300. You can build some strong lineups, Ricky Fowler, in there. Okay? Recently, Ricky has been... <clears throat> he's been good. Ninth in bogey avoidance, which I love to see here. 27th in scrambling first in three putt avoidance okay we always know ricky's a great putter where i do have some concern in his recent form 78th in double bogey avoidance okay so he is getting penalized just a little bit in general now one thing looking at my private model with ricky fowler he ranks 15th overall but 11th in ball striking um and and that's just key for me i i I love ricky fowler i think he's gonna be a sub 12% 12% right now ownership. I think that's great. And I would love Ricky to get his first major. Yeah, I think this is the this is the course to do it. I mean, a little bit easier of a course. He plays well in the wind as well, which I think may come into play here. And I don't know. I think he'll be lower owned, and this is the time to, to jump on him. I mean, he's been playing great golf this year. Even, I mean, outside of the easier courses, he's been playing better. Well, that's so true. I don't see it. I don't see, I don't see I mean, 
third at the PGA, ninth at the Masters. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what we, we're used to with Ricky. But he, he's going to close one of these. It's going to happen. Eventually. And I'd rather be there than miss it. Yeah, and I think this is it's not an extremely difficult course from what I'm seeing. And statistically, he lines up with the right strengths to have. So I mean, he's moving Why up. Not? You, you look at 16, he finished 46th. 17, yep. finished 22nd. And last year, he finished 28th. Okay, now at 9,300 to pay off, you need a top 20 finish, probably a top 10 finish. But still, yep. I'll take Ricky Fowler. I'll hope to get that first, second place finish that he uh, the second place finish he had in 14. So it, 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 Fowler interests me big time. Next guy, Tommy Fleetwood. I want to go back to Tommy Fleetwood. He's burned a lot of people this year, and I think it's going to reduce yep. ownership. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm on the fence on Fleetwood. I didn't have him initially, and I'm still kind of, you know, he's not playing the greatest right now coming into this week. But he just did well at the Scottish Open, though. Right, and that was what threw me off. And I was before the round wrapped up today. I was like, God, I wish he hadn't done well because it would have been an easy fade. But now I've got to reconsider what what I think. Now we joke we. We joke a lot about Fleetwood and how he's never won on PGA Tour, and I love it when people who have never won win, and we always include him kind of as like the butt end of the joke because of how good of a golfer Fleetwood is. But what if his first win does come here at the Open Championship? That would be pretty awesome. Good, good on him. That'd be awesome. Be spectacular. So, I don't know. Looking at this 9K range, I, I feel there's other plays you need to consider. Justin Thomas right now, I'm I'm going to be on Justin Thomas. He looks like his game's back in form. Played at Scottish Open. Finished in the top 35. He's only 9,100. I think he's going to go overlooked. People are going to look at their recent form based on his play here in the PGA, here in the United States. If you guys haven't realized it yet, the play at the Open Championship is unique. It is not like playing on PGA Tour in the United States. All right, this is link style golf. This is win play. This is hard golf. This is where golf was born. Okay, I think Justin Thomas could easily come out with a win here. I like JT. I don't know how you feel about him, but the man is a scoring machine. Three point eight four. If that wind dies down, he's a guy who can go six, seven, eight under on this course, and that's somebody I absolutely want a piece of, especially in my multi mass entries. Um, Looking overall at his stats, especially in the last 100 rounds, 15th overall, 16th strokes gained tee to green, 19th in ball striking, 18th in approach, 15th in bogey avoidance. Okay, enough said right there. Where he has struggled in the last 100 rounds, finding those fairways. Now, if the wind's gone, I'm not too concerned. But if it's windy, it's a different story. But needless to say, Justin Thomas is in play for me. I like him. What do you think? No, you hit the the point that I wanted to make was if the wind is down, I'm on him. If it's not, I'm off. Um, I have him as, you know, two missed cuts at the open and a 53rd. And that's really, I think, because of the wind play for him. If there, if he's in a tee time where the wind's not expected to be bad, I love him. I think he has the ability to score. My concern is, are we going to see four straight days with no wind? And even if he does make the cut and then the wind picks up Saturday or, God forbid, he's in contention and picks up Sunday – does he finish high enough to really pay that off? And, and I don't think that he does. And I don't think this is going to be four straight days of no wind. So I worry about his errant drives and, and the wind kind of pulling his ball into that thick rough. So I don't think I'm going to have any Justin Thomas. I initially stat-wise selected him, but I, I don't think 
outside of maybe one or two shares in a 20 max, I, I don't have, I won't have much. All right, let's move on to that 8K range. Who in this range is really appealing to you? Uh, I think the Chalk City here is is Stenson at 8,400. I mean, the dude is just dialed in both in the U.S. and in, uh, in on the Euro Tour. I mean, he looked great in the Scottish Open. I think he's criminally underpriced at 8,400. Uh, he's his his abilities and skills come from throwing darts onto small greens. So I mean. He's exactly what we're going to see this week. Uh, I think he's... My only concern is how chalky is he going to be, and do I fade him, or do I am I overweight on him? And I think he easily can compete here. I don't I don't see a reason not to have at least some exposure. I can't fade him. It's just a matter of how much do I want. Well, how much are you going to have? What are you thinking? What do you think is the appropriate score? Well, I figure I figure he'll probably be somewhere in the twenty to twenty-five percent ownership range. So at that point, I would probably have to go no less than forty. I would say forty probably my number. If I was going to play Stenson, it'd be there forty. No, it'd be forty. I, I'm not even going to match the field. I just don't think matching the field's a good idea here. So you're just going to go way overweight. I think so. I think I have to. I think, and at eighty-four hundred, it doesn't really affect your lineup construction that much. I like Stenson for the same reasons you kind of already mentioned, but you know what I do. You know when a guy is oh, yeah. going to be 22%. He is not on my player pool unless I absolutely love him. Um, would love love Stenson here as a cash play, for sure, but he, he's not someone that I think I'm going to enter. In, uh, I'm not going to be overweight on in my MMEs. Now, I want to go to Matsuyama, and the guy has been on fire. Okay, cut after cut, you know, hasn't won, but plenty of top 10s, has been on fire, but the DraftKings did a clever thing, okay, they're well aware of the nations that win here at the Open Championship, so Mm -hmm. what they did with Matsuyama is they put him at 8,500, where he could finish in the top 20 and pay off, and that's where I have some interest in him. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think so. I don't. I don't expect him to win, and I don't really expect him to top five. But I do think he, he's got top twenty, even top ten potential. Okay, next guy I really love, Matt Kuchar. I got him first in bogey avoidance, second in double bogey avoidance, second in scrambling. Okay, perfect fit for this course in terms of fairways gained. Tenth overall in the field, uh, overall in the last hundred rounds. Okay, keep going. Second overall in my ranking, fifth strokes gained tee to green, fifth three putt avoidance, first in sand save percentage, fifth in good drives. I love Matt Kuchar. I hope, I hope that people go elsewhere, but I know they're not. I know Kuchar is going to be one of those chalky plays, and I talk about not playing chalk. Kuch is a chalk that I'm going to eat. Now, I'm not going to go all in on Matt Kuchar. Yeah, like I did. <laughs> yes. I will double the field based on my ownership projections, but I love Cooch here. Okay. He fits all the criteria to win this open championship. I, I think he's a great play. He's such a scoring machine, too, at 3.84 uh, per 18 scoring. And he ranks number one in my private model. Like, it's insane how much I love Matt Cooch. And I, I don't never say this about him either. But I think he's got a great opportunity to play. Again, 
don't go crazy. Don't go so overweight the field that he's just in every lineup. Make sure you diversify, play for variance. But I'm going to have a ton of Kuchar. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Last time I had this conversation with Kuchar, it was 100% lock for me. He fit every category with no red flags, and he missed a cut. Uh, that being said, I do like him. My concern is kind of when I narrowed it down to uh, firm greens with moderate wind, he drops in his birdie or better scoring to 97, 96, 94th overall in the field, which is concerning. So I don't know. I need to dig into that a little bit more to figure out what where that's coming from. Because generally he is a scorer. But this isn't, um, so this I don't isn't know if, a scorer's course. This is a defense course. Right. And so that's what I need to look at a little bit more. Um, his putter has been extremely good recently. Like in the last couple of months. So I'm worried that if that goes away, we don't see the Kuchar that we have been seeing. Outside of Memorial, <coughs> which is where I locked him in. Which is his only missed cut since the beginning of the year. <laughs> Oddly enough. <laughs> oh, man. oh, man. What a painful, painful event that was. Um, so, you know, I like Kuchar. I think, I think it's a great price for him. And I, and I think he can do well here. And I think I definitely will have some. I just don't know that I'm willing to play a lot of Matt Kuchar here. All right. What about Spieth? I have no interest. I, I just... Form is key. Performance is key. Like, recently, I just don't. He ranks 57th for me overall at 8,900. I think that those two numbers just tell me not to play him. Now, when he won, he did not play like an Irish Open or the Scottish Open. Spieth was yep. on fire. He came straight from the Travelers, I think, at the time. And he ended up, yeah, and, he won the Travelers. And he yep. ended up winning the Open. So I, 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 I think Spieth is an option, especially if you want to be underweight. Um, I would go with Spieth. I, I don't see Spieth being more than like 7% owned. So even having him in a lineup or two couldn't hurt, especially in MME, uh, MME entries. But Chalk Adam Scott, what are you going to do with him? Ah, Adam Scott. He is another one of those guys that I believe falls into my category. Did I mention him earlier in the show? I think I did. Uh, he hasn't played since the... Yep. Hasn't played since the U.S. Open. So I am going with my gut and stats here and saying, if you haven't played since then, I'm not playing you. Because you won't win. I agree. I don't like the fact so that I'm not, he's not I'm playing. just not playing him at all. Especially at 20%, 25% ownership. Yep. No, thank you. Yep. Nope. No thanks. I know he's going to be popular. I mean, with right, I mean, rightfully so. Like stats wise, when you pop him in the models and stuff, he, he's extremely highly ranked for me. First in GIR's game, tenth in birdies are better, third in good drives. But that stats is only as good as the last thirty-six rounds he's played, and he hasn't played in almost a month. So I feel like there's going to be some rust there. There is going to be some rust, and it's going to be very concerning. Yep. And I, I just. So. He's, he's just not going to be that Adam Scott that we want to see. I agree with the fade. I like the call. My favorite play, though, in this 8K range, and then we'll round it off with there, is Matt Wallace at 8,100. He, he is someone I don't know how much I'll have of him, but he's someone that's going to be very sneaky because he just grades out so poorly on, yeah. on you know, fantasy national and he's someone who mm-hmm. plays on the european tour 
Yep. So he has experience playing these types of courses. Now, this is a guy who at the U.S. Open finished 12th. At the PGA Championship, finished 3rd. At the Players, finished 30th. At the API, finished 6th this year. So he, he is accustomed to playing on courses with stiff competition. And I, I do like that fact. There's no stats. Uh, there's no telling stat on Fantasy National that's going to reveal anything about Matt Wallace being a great play. I think because of that, and because DraftKings is such a, uh, a U.S.-based run organization, people are going to refuse to look at these Euro stats. Matt Wallace is dominant on the European tour. Okay, He fits yeah. this criteria for being from England. He's 40-1 to 1 in Vegas. The guy's a scoring machine. He's 23rd overall in the world golf rankings, and we're getting him at a discounted price of 8100 This is a guy who can win this tournament. Okay, I have tons of interest in Matt Wallace. I'm going to have more than my ownership projection, double that. Okay, so if I project him at fourteen or seven percent, I'll have him at fourteen. I think Matt Wallace is a great play. Um, again, unless you do your own research on the European Tour, you're not going to learn a lot about him. But I love him. I think he's sneaky. I think he knows the course. I think he fits the course. Being a Euro player. I'm looking forward to having some Matt Wallace. Yep, I'm with you. And a 14th last week at the Scottish Open. Absolutely, he's play, he's a, he's playing great. Absolutely, I completely agree with you. That's that's an that's a great call. And I just hope nobody is on this guy. So, I'm with you. All right, let's go to that 7K range. And this 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 is vast. Oh God, it, it's so good here. It, this is where you're going to win your GPP. I mean, for sure. From I mean, there's so many guys: McDowell, to Finau, to Leishman, Poulter, Webb Simpson, all the way down to Kisner, Alex Noren, Zach Johnson, Furyk, Grio, Streelman. I mean, Benny on the seven K range has so many people. Where are you going to go? Oh, so there are just a couple guys I really wanted to just talk about. And I'll list off a couple other guys I like at the end. But I think Rafa Cabrera Bello is is a huge name that I don't know how popular he's going to be. He he certainly should be. Uh, I mean, he's playing phenomenal. Let's see. Um, trying to find the stat that I was looking at earlier that is just unbelievable for him. But, of course, now that I say his name, I lost it. But let's check out his recent form. So Scottish Open came in T9 last week. Week before that, at the Irish Open, he top four. Uh, another event uh, in late June at the BMW International Open, he was third. So coming in and just fantastic, like the dude is on fire form. He's seventy five hundred. He doesn't grade out well on Fantasy National for the same reason that you mentioned before. Like all these great events are coming on the Euro Tour. Uh, his last time he played in the U.S. was the U.S. Open, and he was sixty fifth, and he was losing strokes on the field. And before that, it was Memorial, and he was putting awful. And before that, it was the PJ Championship, where he lost strokes on the field again. So I think you look at his stats, and it says, oh, God, he has 7,500. I can fade him pretty easily. But you look at his performance on the Euro Tour, and he is doing fantastic. Not to mention, he also played here on this course in 2012 and, and was up on the, on the top of the top of the damn... Uh, came in second at 14-under to Jamie Donaldson. So he's played this course before, so he's got some familiarity with it. Granted, it's like seven years old, but I like I like Rafa this week. I think he's probably going to be higher on than I like, so I might have to think about walking that back a little bit if he gets too high, but that he's one of my he was initially one of my favorite plays in the 7K range. 
Yeah, I like RCB. He, he's so streaky, though, but I think he fits his course well. He plays Lynx style. He's a great Lynx player, let, let, let's face it. And, and if his ownership stays sub 10%, oh, big time. I'm going to double up on that. I, I like RCB for many of the things you mentioned. A guy I want to mention in this 7K range is Matthew Fitzpatrick. Okay, Matt Fitzpatrick, not a guy we tend to often play on PGA, but really kind of fits this course. And the one thing that really, really started things for me in Fitzpatrick is his finish here at the Scottish Open. So at the Open, he finished uh, 14th place, 17 under. Okay, it's a good starting point, especially when you're preparing for a course like this. Now, I think Fitzpatrick fits that mold. He's from England. And we kind of talked about this winning from from this country. Um, it's a key stat. Now, if you look at his last hundred rounds, it's terrible on the PGA Tour. But this is a different course. This is a different monster. You want leverage to the field. You want opportunity to get top thirties, top twenties, top tens. Especially with the guys who are seventy six hundred. I think Matt Fitzpatrick's in play. So, you like? No, you're right. I, I like. I like that. I mean, I really just like anyone who's in this field who did well at the Scottish Open and who's been preparing and getting ready to play for this championship. Yeah, I'm with it. Who, I mean, there's so there's so many good guys here. Who else in the 7K range do you love? Oh, the guy I really loved, and I loved him coming into the beginning of this week, which I'm really upset about that he won the Scottish Open in the playoff this week, was Bernd Wiesberger. Um, came in first, the Scottish Open, but he was second in the Irish Open the week before, and 16th at the BMW International Open. The dude is just playing on fire. Uh, looking at, you know, there's not much to go off of on Fantasy National. There's only eight graded rounds that I could find. And even in those eight graded rounds, he comes in 25th, JRS gain, 21st strokes against to Green, 18th good drives, 20th ball striking. When you look at his Euro Tour stats, going all the way back to 2012, his GIR in regulation is consistently throughout every season around 74%, which is incredible. Uh, we, does, we, doesn't, we don't see much deviation there. Uh, his his uh, strokes per round average is just about 70, so he's under par. And on these zero courses that are typically windy and hard to score on, you see a lot of these guys blowing par a lot. So if he's consistently over the past seven years averaging 70 uh, as a score per round, I love that. So I, I love Burned here. My, my problem is I just think he might become a little bit over-owned because he won last week, or this week, I guess, and he's only 7,100. Yeah, so I don't know what to do with him. I, I was all over him before the Scottish Open even started this week. So now I don't know what to do. I think you need to stick with him. But, you know... I, I, I'm definitely going to have some. I just don't know how much now at this point. Right. Uh, is he really going to be that over owned because to me it feels like one of those moments where people are going to be like well he won last week why should i play him this week to where to where his ownership could be sub 10 percent but it's not like I mean, it's not like weisberger isn't a risky play by any means no i mean he is he could definitely like completely implode but so I think he's worth it. I think he can win it too. I mean, he easily can come in, out and repeat and win this week. So another. I mean, we've seen it. The guys have played in the Scottish Open have done well. Have potentially won the the Open the next week. That is absolutely true. That is true. So he fits that narrative. 
The next guy I want to mention who's on Euro Tour is Thomas Peters. Okay, he's 23rd overall in strokes average on the Euro Tour, and recently finished very well at the Scottish Open with a 20th place, 16 under. Okay, again, you're not going to see any stats that pop on the PGA, but we're looking for players who play well on this course, and that's what I want to see. When we're looking at Peters, the finish at the Scottish Open is something that's key to me, but the best stat that I've found about Peters is that he's 16th overall in birdies gained on the Euro Tour. Okay, That's huge to me, especially if this win plays out like we're going to see and he's going to play this course. I think Peters has a big opportunity to have a big impact on this tournament. All right. Base, yep. uh, looking at the 7K range, anyone else you want to mention? Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys that fall into this one. I'll throw out a guy that's not a UK guy. I like Eric Van Ruin, another South African. Uh, did well 14th last week, 14th at the Scottish Open this week, and 14th the week prior to that in the Euro Tour. He had a 17th last year at the Open. So, I mean, he he's played uh, on tough courses and tough fields. There's no data on Fantasy National since he's primarily a Euro player. He's basically a free like a free button. He's only God, I don't even know how much he is. I'm sure he's like seventy one hundred, right? He's, yeah, seventy one hundred exactly. I got him pretty so, popular I mean, right now. I got him at like fourteen percent. Really? Oh man, why? Why is why is everybody on him? What is what has he done? It's it. it he just fits the course. I guess, uh, I guess he got a 43rd at the U.S. Open. I'd rather pivot to like so. someone like Jimmy Furyk. Oh, man, that's that's disappointing. I really thought he was going to come in like sub sub 10 at least. Wow, okay. Ugh, that's depressing. I, All right, so other guys I like, I won't I won't really run down. Like, you know, Poulter is looking pretty good. Uh, he's streaky, but, you know, he performed, came in 14th at the Scottish Open. I think Snedeker is a good one if the wind picks up. He's a strong wind player. Uh... I think that's really it. Leishman, another another win player I'd like to look at. That's really about it for me. There's a bunch of other 7K guys, but those are the guys I have the most interest in. How about you? Anybody else? You know, looking at the 7K range, I, I kind of just mentioned him, Furyk. I think a pivot that people might obviously fade based on his poor play so far this year is Zach Johnson. But he's someone who has a pedigree here at the Open Championship, but, but it just might be not his year. Um, Patrick Reed interests me. Because of his recent play. Again, he kind of fits that mold what I talked about earlier with the Shambo, playing easier courses and his games improving. So he, he's not someone that I'm totally sold on. I'm gonna have to do a little bit deeper of a dive. But Lee Westwood is someone I also have some mm. interest in. Um, I do like Westwood, that's a good call. Webb Simpson, Pepperell, like you mentioned, even maybe some Danny Willett. So we'll- Webby's another guy that hasn't played since the last major. Yeah, but it's Webb. Put that out there. It's Webb Simpson, man. I every and everybody's everything I've read has said Webb Simpson. Well, if that's the truth, then then we're done with that. So I have to watch, watch his ownership. But if he gets up there, I especially don't want. I want none of them. Nothing. <laughs> Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is. A monster. Miscut. Miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he'll make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he'll make the cut. Martin Pillar. (laughs) A monster. I guarantee he'll make the cut. 
All right, so that'll take us to our MG Monsters and Guarantee, where Zach and I take our monster, our sub 7K player we believe to finish in the top 25, and our guarantee, our 6K player that we expect to make the cut. Zach, this is your segment. Who's your monster? Ah, you're going to screw me over here. I actually, when I wrote, I didn't think Bern Louisberger uh, would be over 7K, and unfortunately he is, and I had him as my monster, so I'm going to have to change it up on the fly here. Oh, don't, I can't do that. Uh, I think I'm, I'll go first. No, 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 no. I'm, I, you know, go first. I'll have him on. I've got a guy in mind. I'm just picking between two. All right. You go first, and I will, I will have one. My monster is Ryan Fox. Oh, I love that call, by the way. Now, on courses that, that are set up as kind of like coastal setups, these coastal links out courses, he's averaged 1.63 strokes gained against the field over the last 10 years. So there's plenty of data to support this. Now, that's a remarkable 1.29 strokes better than his average on all other venues in that same time frame. Ryan Fox is my monster, and I'm hoping... I'm praying that all the other touts just keep him a secret because Ryan Fox is going to be money this weekend. I guarantee it. And he's wow, my monster. The monster. I'm guaranteeing oh the monster a top twenty five oh for Ryan God. Fox. There are some guys who are gonna just be on me if he does not top twenty five. But I love Ryan Fox this weekend. I really do. Oh man, I you know I love Ryan Fox, especially if the wind picks up and it's uh, like extremely windy. Yeah, man, he could easily he plays amazing in strong winds, and he could lap some of these guys in the field that struggle. Monster, love it. That is actually fantastic. Oh, you're gonna. I don't know how I can top that. I mean, that Ryan Fox is a good one. I hadn't even. I have him highlighted, but I didn't really think about making him a monster. All right, so let's go this way. I'm going to go with... Am I going to switch it up at the last minute? I am. So I'm going to go with my monster as... Let me just make sure that he, he is actually under 7K because I don't want to do this twice. Ah, he's not. He's 7K. All right, fine. So I'm going to make my monster... I've got him here. Let me just pull my sheet back up. Shugo Imihira from Japan. So he's his seventh last week at the Japan Championship. He's 69th overall in his career in driving accuracy and 79% in GIR's game. Yeah. So you we're gonna you go just, off the wall. You totally didn't listen to the whole idea of like people from Asia suck on the Open. No, they just don't win. That does not mean he can't top 25. I don't want him. He's not gonna win. Sure, Shugo is not gonna win. I I can promise you that. But what I can say is that he does have the ability to top 25 or better. He's coming off some of the best the best performances of his golfing career. Um, and I love him. I think he, he's one of the guys that... He was originally my guarantee, and I'm moving him into my monster. That's, that's, where, that's where I'm at with that. That's frightening. It's a frightening choice. Top 25. You, are I, you going to guarantee? No. Are you going to guarantee your guarantee? I am not. I am not going to guarantee that. But I do like him. Who I am going to guarantee is Andrea Pavan from Italy. T4 last week at the Scottish Open, 67th at the Irish Open. He won the BMW International back in June. 
I'm almost hesitant to not just flip flop those two, but I, I don't think I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what I got, and I'm gonna say Pavon is my guarantee, and he is only 6,400. Let me make sure that I screw that up for the third time. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm going with. I like Pavon as my guarantee here. I like Pavon too, and, and I was gonna put him as my guarantee, but I, I'm going back to the well, and I'm going to to Paul to Paul Paul Waring. He's 34th 34th. Oh. 34th overall in the Euro Tour. Now, he did not have a great showing at the Scottish Open, but he did make the cut tied for 48th at 11 under. Um, this is a guy who's 34 years old, plenty of experience. We talked about the experience. His best finish at the Open was in 2008. He tied for 18th, and I'm okay with that. I'm, t- I'm, I'm absolutely okay with that. But um, he's won one time on the European Tour, and... I, I just think he's a great play here for the, for making the cut. I get, as you like to say, I guarantee you he'll make the cut. <laughs> oh, now he, I love now it. he did miss the cut in 2017, and other than that, he doesn't have a lot of experience um, at the Open Championship, but um, only made the cut one out of three times, but in that one time, he finished tied for 19th. So um, I like Paul Waring. He's in good form. He's a guy that I'm going to guarantee. I like that. That's a good one. I love. I love this week. I just love it when we're in that uh, like big contest in on the Euro Tour. It's just it. There's so many guys that no one knows about or no one plays, and it's just so much fun. I love it. It's so much better than just. It's kind of like the last couple of weeks that we've been playing the unknown, random six K amateurs that no one really knows about, but even worse because the guys are better. These guys. It's these guys so are pros. Fun. They're not amateurs. Yeah, they're just so much better, and they and people are like, oh, I don't want to play that guy. I don't know him. He shows up a hundredth in my fantasy national model because he doesn't have any rounds measured. But yet the guy's been like winning left and right all, all over like Dubai and and anywhere in Europe. I mean, some of these you have to like. It goes back to what we mentioned earlier, like when we were talking about Bryson and easy courses. Like some of these, like who are these guys fucking playing against in like Dubai and in South Africa, winning these tournaments? Like, sure, they're they're winning, but. Is it any harder than the John Deere Classic? Like, are the fields that hard? Some of these guys are playing in the really obscure places. So, like, is some of their stats just as skewed as Bryson's stats from the John Deere? That's true. That's true. But we are coming off. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about some of these Euro events, but I just assume that. Well, you are coming off. Not all the, these Euro guys are traveling like that far. We're coming off the Irish Open and the Scottish Open, so. These are legit, right. Those two, absolutely. Th- th- these are legit tournaments that 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 are going to warrant some serious golf play, uh, absolutely. And link style play. So other six guy game guys I have interest in: Ryan Moore, Kyle Stanley, um, Putnam, uh, Pavan, like you already mentioned, Chris Wood, and Darren Clark. The reason I like Darren Clark, by the way, is completely opposite of why I may hate Rory McIlroy. This is Clark's hometown course as well. The guy comes at 6,200. So if you need some salary saving, Clark's your option. Plus in Vegas, only 500 to one. So I think he's a play. Anyone only, in, only, only. Anyone else in the 6K range that you like? Uh, Ryan Moore, Kyle, uh, Kyle Stanley. I like Kyle Stanley at 6,700. Although flying from one event to another is an issue. Uh, Jazz, Jane Wan. I didn't can't even say his name. Jane Wanatan Anand, Wanna, sixty-six hundred. Not gonna work uh, here anymore. Not gonna work here anymore anyway. Uh, Romaine, 
Lettuce. I like him. Mr. Lettuce. Shugo, as I mentioned. And that's about it. Nope. That's really it for me. I'm sure there'll be a couple guys that I add between now and Wednesday that I just haven't had a time to go all the way down the list. The name Mook. Uh, fuck, I am like all screwed up tonight. Mikumu Horikawa sounds pretty close to Colin Morikawa, so I'm going to look into him real quick. I, I remember my first beer. so <laughs> I've been traveling a lot, man. I've traveled like 30,000 miles in seven days. So, I'm using that as an excuse for the next couple weeks. So if you are going to play the the Asian tour, like apparently you are, are you going to play Demetrios Papadados? Oh, so I don't know anything about it. I haven't gotten that far. Oh, dear God. This, I don't know his history. This podcast sucks. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. What's what do I? What should I? What am I missing? Nothing. I I, I just love his name. He's got a great name. <laughs> oh, okay. I, thought I was missing some. Key, I I wrote down all the guys that had like key stats in the last like six months, and he's his name is not on the list. So I thought maybe I missed something. All right. Well, this is this this will be fun. This will be fun. This will be interesting. I'm really excited for this weekend. Remember, remember, I'm going to say this now. Lineups lock Thursday, 12 a.m. Central Time. So 1 a.m. Eastern Time. Get your lineups in early on Wednesday because that Thursday is right around the corner. I mean, what time is that for me? Shit. Uh, <laughs> That's like 7 p.m.? No. 6 p.m.? Something, yeah, something like that. Well, oh, man, I, gotta, I usually put my lineups in at like 9 p.m. Wednesday night, so I got to get it early. You better uh, cancel that meeting at work. Uh, yep. Or kick along a lunch. There you go. <laughs> oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. Well, that'll wrap up the cut right. line in our analysis of the U.S. Open. U.S. Open. Not the U.S. Open. Not the U.S. Open. The Open (laughs) Championship. I remember my first beer. Join (laughs) us next week as we break down the Bridgestone Invitational. Again, thanks to Fancy National and PGA for all their hard work. Zach, thank you for your contributions to another kick-ass show. Appreciate all the work you do for the cut line. You can find Zach on Twitter at EaglesFan83. I'm Michael Cavalunas, and you can find me on Twitter at Lunas. Of course, you can find the cut line at TCutline. Remember... That this tournament is in Ireland. So you get those lineups in early. Six six through GPP wins. Thank you for listening. Let's go get them. Peace.